Welcome back to Bad Pipes Podcast. It's me, Andrew Weaver, the host. Also hosting with me today is Scott Kelly. Uh, Yep, I'm here. He's here, I'm here, and today we got a few topics to run through. Uh, We'll be talking about Baldur's Gate 3, Megalobox Binge, Napoleon and Ridley Scott, the fifth writer of the apocalypse, and finally we'll be getting to our review of Rogue One. Well, um, I I guess we can can get right into it. I wasn't aware of this, but our our pre- recording talks um it, it, it was revealed to me that apparently boulders great three has a bear sex scene yep. thank you andrew for that information it uh it did cause a bit of a stir when it was revealed that you could have carnal relations with a druid in the form of a bear i mean that is Pretty wild. Um, <laughs> I just the, so wild the, shape to go. Fucking uh, the 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 fact that the top article was Boulder's Gate three sales skyrocket after bear sex scene reveal. The, well, yeah, because the furries uh, didn't know there was anything in this game for them. Ah, uh, you know what? Yeah, Fur, furries are strong. They got a strong community. So to be fair, you know what? I bet you that shit popped off. Um. Apart from them, though, a general why was kind of echoed across the internet. Uh, why would you put I'm, this in there? <laughs> I'm asking the exact same question. Um, yeah, so it seems like the, the uh, dialogue, I suppose, um, has kind of opened up between uh, is this bestiality? Uh Versus the anime, I'm calling this the anime defense of, uh, this girl is actually a 900 year old vampire, quote, (laughs) end quote, (laughs) argument. (laughs) Um, the idea being that like, yeah, it's a bear, but it's a wild shaped druid. So, oh, oh, so you're you're trying to, you're, you're you're pulling like the, the demon slayer, like the demon slayer Nezuko argument here where it's like. I don't watch that trash anime shit, so uh, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. But uh... no, I mean it's it's not it's not <laughs> bad. I'll, I'll admit I watch it, but also it is weird that people are like sexualizing this. Like I don't even know what she is in the show. Like nine years old, ten years old. Well, it's a very common like trope in anime, especially like vampire animes, where it's like, oh, this is like a, a little girl, and then uh she transforms into her like vampire yeah. self and that's an, an adult woman or something yeah but there, there's lots of weird shit in anime where it's like oh um like w- weird brother sister stuff going on and and i mean you know um I, I i mean if we if we if we're done with the boulder skate i mean i don't know how much there is left to talk about bear oh. sex scenes but we can we can segue into our, our anime talking to uh megalobox no because uh <laughs> oh no oh no i've got more to talk about here oh right? no <laughs> because if we're gonna sit here and try to say that that's okay then uh <laughs> but my question I just, is i just don't think it's okay but my, my question is if it's a druid, wild shaped into a like, is it just a bear? Do we have other animals? Where do we draw the line? That's what I'm saying. Where do we draw the line? All right. Because All right. like, if he turned into a dog, yeah, would that be okay? Yeah, no. If he turned but, into a goose, would that be okay? Um, if he it, goes around Zeus goosing people, <laughs> is that okay? This this goes back to the uh, the age old like uh, what how does the saying go like we we didn't stop long enough to ask oh fucking Jurassic Park uh, yeah your scientists were too busy asking whether or not they could that they didn't stop to ask whether or not they <laughs> should, they should. Yeah. Yeah. I think someone else literally brought that up in this context <laughs> no, I that's... can't remember who the hell that would have been. Though. <laughs> 
probably like that's, moist critical or someone. That, that's how I'm feeling about this. It's yeah. why why what what does it add to what does it add to the game? <laughs> that's what I'm wondering, dude. Like, a what does it add to the game? B how does this like goofy potentially like grossly received thing by like a broader audience like how does that attract more people to the game you know i i really the only thing i really can think of is that we're we're appealing to the the bestiality and the furries crowd (laughs) yeah and like how many of them are there actually you know know. like i know the furries will shell out for shit because everyone says like if you're gonna be a like a an illustrator or something like on the internet and try to make money from it like you have to take furry commissions okay estimating the furry population in 2022 oh my god in 20 in 2018 a reasonable estimate was between 100,000 and 1 million people which is quite a range that's Uh, i mean that's not even one percent of the american population though Furry conventions have seemed to grow consistently at a rate of over 20% per year pre-pandemic. 20% a year I is... I just can't is, wrap my head around it. That's that's good consistent growth right there. Yeah, but 20% of 10 people is only 2 people, you know? But 20% of 100,000 people... Would be 20,000 people. an extra 20,000 people. Yeah. yeah, that is significant or if we were talking a million that's that's 200k right there that's a lot i yeah but it's also conventions and people don't go to conventions for whatever like the convention says it's for right like people don't go to comic conventions for comics like old dudes buying long boxes go to comic conventions for comics Uh, everyone else goes there to cosplay i was gonna say let's be real everyone's going there to fuck everyone's going there to dress up and fucking character and I bet, you, I bet you the furries are freaks, dude. The fur, There are some crazy nasty sex well, going on in the hotel Dragon rooms Con around the convention that, center. Uh, Dragon Con <laughs> has that sort of reputation, right? Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware. The only one I've been to is Megacon in Orlando. That's the only one I've been to. Actually, no, yeah. I went to a small one. I actually kind of prefer the small ones because it's like uh, someone will do a panel and then like you'll be the only person who sticks around after the panel and you can like actually talk to people about what it is they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, 2017 or 18, I think. And the guy was just like, uh, like Dean Winchester cosplayer. Right. So the mm-hmm. panel was like him and two other people talking about cosplay, but <laughs> then he in particular, uh, had like crowdfunded, uh, restoring whatever the car is that they drive for uh, the fucking Supernatural show, right? Yeah, so I've, never, I've never watched Manchester. it. Well, they got a cool car. Oh, and uh, he, basically, him and his dad uh, did all of the work on restoring this thing, and uh, it was all crowdfunded. Um, oh, so he would cool. like stream him and his dad like working on the car, but then he would also take yeah. the money from like cosplaying and like all that other stuff uh it was really cool it was like it's a cool thing um yeah, it was and i dope. just feel like you wouldn't get that kind of interaction at like a megacon where there's ten thousand panels going on every uh, day yeah what i was gonna say like going there even in like the what is it the little like alleyway that they have like all the um voice actors and stuff it just they were always so busy you didn't feel like you got a chance to really like yeah, yeah you, you could wait in line for hours, but I'm like uh, I I'm not like, and on top of it, there's like, I mean at MegaCon in particular, you barely even have elbow room walking around. Like it's yeah. insane. Yeah, it it felt very claustrophobic in there. Like I I went with Michael and V for Michael's birthday, I think it was or something, and and we were like we I remember we got in there to like the main hall. We were just like, what the fuck. Like trying to walk around, like look at the booths and stuff. You just, yeah, you, it, you felt so claustrophobic. So still pretty yeah. cool. A lot, a lot of cool stuff to look at. So some of the, some of the like um, like weapons, props, you know, like uh, uh, manufacturers or whatever that were there. Like you, you, I don't know, you just had some cool like booths set up where you had all kinds of replicas of weapons from like shows and anime and yeah, the artist that does the uh, the woodblock 
prints that I have mm-hmm. up on all the walls in my office. I, I'm sure I've shown them to you at some point. Yeah, but yeah. I met him at uh, Megacon. Oh, sweet. Years ago. Um, yeah. And even back then, it was getting to the point where, like, this shit was too fucking big. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those yeah. things where it's, like, two hours to park, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, when does Boulder Skate 3 release? August 3rd. Got it. Uh, I mean, you can buy it right now and mm-hmm. play it right now. Uh, oh, really? releases, yeah, is later I'll, on. I'll, yeah, like, yeah. I have it. Uh, I don't have it downloaded right now, but uh, whenever it full releases, me and my friend Tree, we have a plan of uh, eventually playing through it. Oh, yeah. Because it's made by the same people who made Divinity Original Sin 2 or whatever that game yeah. is called. And uh, that's a pretty good so, game. So you're saying I should buy it? Uh, I mean, we can run up to four players. So I don't think any of us are going to be trying to fuck a bear man. Uh, I don't know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, so you, you wanted to talk about Megalobox, because you binged it. Yeah, yeah. So, after we recorded Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah, so after we recorded, I was like, I was... I got I got some more unpacking done, and then I was like, fuck, like, what am I gonna watch? Um, I had watched through, I watched through the entire first season of Inland Saga, and I was like, some, sometimes <coughs> I, like, I, I binge like a season of something, and I'm just like, I need to take a break. Yeah. Like I need something. I need a change of pace. So I was like, I was just looking around, and <laughs> I'm scrolling through like Hulu, and I was just like, oh. At first, I thought it was like a Roblox, some Roblox shit. Like the way, like the way, it like kind of like popped up on the screen. I was like, like trying to read real quick, and I was like, what the fuck? I strolled over it, and then I was like, I was just like kind of reading, you know, the synopsis of it. I'm like, okay, this sounds kind of neat. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll maybe we'll start it up and see what it's like, and then, like almost instantly, just like the the soundtrack, the um, the animation style. Yeah, I remember like first episode I was in on that one. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of it kind of grabs you, and, it, and it's definitely like that throwback, like hand drawn sort of animation style. Along Honestly, with that, that's what got me into it initially because yeah. I saw it and it was like, oh, that's the kind of animation I like. Yeah, that that I loved, and then on top of that, it was kind of like that. I, I don't know, it's almost like a almost kind of like an 80s kind of style soundtrack, I feel like. Like a lot of the synths and stuff that they throw in. Um, yeah, I can't remember too much about the soundtrack because I watched it, I I want to say like right before the pandemic hit. So like maybe 2019 yeah. I was watching it. Um, yeah. But I remember bringing that one to a couple friends of mine and being like, yo, y'all gotta watch this because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time, I was like, look, there's two animes that you guys have to watch. The first one is Megalobox <laughs> because it's very good. All right, Megalobox yeah. is like a classic sports boxing anime, but it yeah. doesn't do the like outrageous power creep type stuff. It's just like a fairly yeah. grounded sports anime. And then Baki, yeah. Baki. Because <laughs> I was like, look, Baki is a criminally underrated anime all right i don't yeah. see anyone talking about this online and it deserves <laughs> much better than what it's getting and then like a couple months ago i was watching some random trash taste uh thing and mm-hmm. connor was like baki is absolutely an underrated anime and i was like this is my fucking dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah, yeah and i think they watched baki first and so they were like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to watch freaking Megalobox now. I was like, no, 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 look, look. All right, Boxy, Baki is like, it's, uh, honestly, it's more ridiculous than JoJo's at points. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's like trying to be real with shit, but still being like completely fucking outlandish with it. Whereas uh, Megalobox is just like a grounded like work of art, basically. Not that Baki isn't a work of art. It's also a work of art. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I think you can still get a humble bundle of all of the freaking Baki comic comics right now, or manga. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Let's, you can get all of uh, the like. What is it? It's uh, it's Baki Second Series, so aka New Grappler Baki, which is the basis of the anime series on Netflix. So it's like thirty-one uh, manga that you can get for like eighteen bucks. Damn, pretty good. Yeah. If I wasn't broke, I might get it. True. 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 But yeah. Yeah. No, I just remember like really liking uh, Megalobox and just being like it. it I did not expect it to be what it was. And it was like thoroughly entertaining the whole time. Yeah. And I I enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, apparently there's the second season, so I might give that a go at some point. But I I binged that shit over the weekend. Good stuff. Well, how many episodes are in the first season? Uh, 13. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was like a shorter one. Yeah. Um, I feel like thirteen's doable. A lot of times when things are like twenty-four, I feel like I always get to episode twenty-one and then like give up. <laughs> yeah. That's I, I kind of feel the same way on some stuff. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to me with uh, Vinland Saga. Is it was still coming out whenever I was first watching it, and I got to like episode twenty-one and then didn't end up watching like the last three episodes of that season yeah all right what do we got next ridley Uh, scott is that what we're on yeah so i didn't even know about this until i got an ad for it like literally yesterday napoleon is a movie about napoleon by ridley scott so he's directing it. It's got Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Jodie Comer. Comer? Comer? I don't know how to say her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whenever I was looking into it, it got kind of interesting because the screenplay is by David Scarpa. And Ridley Scott and David Scarpa are also teaming up for next year's Gladiator 2. Huh. So Napoleon is set to release this November, uh, November 22nd. And next year, November 22nd, Gladiator 2 is coming out. Yes. Uh, first off, Gladiator 2 needs a better name than Gladiator 2. Nah, definitely. <laughs> just, and they just, they, you know, they stuck with the tried and true. I'm going to be honest, though. Uh, a show about Napoleon, or a movie, I mean, about Napoleon, um... Did not expect it, but I'm like way about it. Yeah, you know it's funny you said that because I think I saw like, I think I saw like someone someone posted like a meme or something about that, um, earlier today. Like, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is like like him dressed up. Um, I can't remember what it was, but. I was wondering what movie that was from, so it's funny we're we're talking about Napoleon because I I couldn't I couldn't right offhand identify what it was that they were talking about. Mm. I was not aware that this was a thing. So yeah, I mean he he looks good in it, and it's Ridley Scott doing another like period piece. Uh, yeah, I mean he did the was it the the duel or whatever it was, mm-hmm. the one with uh, Kylo Ren. And, uh, who is it? Matt Damon, I think. Um. Wait, what was it? Uh, I think it's The Last Duel. Oh, The Last Duel. Yeah, that's it right here. Yeah, Adam Driver and, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, so, like, I think that's the last period piece that I saw him do. Um... I don't know. He's one of those guys that's interesting because he's like kind of all over the place. It's Ridley Scott, so he's done like really good science fiction. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. his uh, his historical pieces are always like very good as well. Um, 
that last duel was a little bit divisive just because it uh i don't know um it was one of those like stories from three perspectives and i just feel like people don't ever really like those yeah so huh. no um yeah, I can't even remember, like, the last time I saw Gladiator. Honestly, I should remember what I was thinking scene. of as well is uh, Ridley Scott also, in 1977, did a British period drama film called The Duelist, which was uh, uh, Harvey Keitel, uh, mm -hmm. Keith Carradine, uh, and a couple other people that you'd probably recognize their faces if you watched it. Um, yeah. But... Uh, it's about two dudes who like have a number of duels across like a number of years i think at the same time as this napoleon stuff because i think one of them was like a french officer or something <laughs> like that and napoleon adamantly was like y'all have to stop fucking dueling each other because my best officers keep dying in duels <laughs> <laughs> To, to other officers, obviously, because a lot of times it's just honor duels. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. You know, I've never really looked, I don't think I've ever looked at, like, Ridley Scott's, uh, uh, what would you call it? Portfolio. Here, just, like, noticing, like, Blade Runner, Alien, like, all these different... Huh. Uh, one of his... Uh, shows that went kind of under the radar. Um, I'm not sure if he did any directing for it. I think he directed a in episode. Mm -hmm. um, but one that he definitely produced was that Raised by Wolves on HBO. Mm -hmm. um, and that show was like visually stunning. I really liked it. It's got the dude that played Ragnar in Vikings. Oh it's yeah, got. Uh, it's got like a handful. Of, I mean, it's HBO. You know, it's got like a handful of like pretty good actors. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just went like totally under the radar. And actually, whenever I initially started watching it, I watched it because I I probably saw like a gift set or something on Tumblr where I was like, "What the fuck is this? This looks really cool." And then I started watching it, and then uh, the fact that there are androids becomes like a major plot point and they have white blood and i went what the fuck white blood androids like that's that's gotta be like a ridley scott reference right there and then like the credits for the episode started playing it was like executive producer ridley scott and i was like oh no fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's a really interesting show though uh it helps I don't know. It's one of those like sort of mystic. Like there's a there's an aspect of like mysticism going on in it. Yeah. And I already mentioned there's fucking androids. So like watch it for yourself is all I can really say cuz it gets fucking hectic and it's really I thought it was really good. I only watched the first season. I didn't watch the second season, but I yeah. think they've canceled it now. Um but what show gets more than two seasons? Yeah, well, I mean, HBO canceled a bunch of shit. Yep. Yeah, they just they didn't want to pay royal. Some of their shit, they just like delisted because they didn't want to pay royalties to writers and shit. Well, it's because it's Warner Brothers, and they keep having to pay for the star of the Flash movie to get out of jail. Ah, uh, fair. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, so uh, next topic is the fifth rider of the apocalypse the, has been the, discovered. The fifth horseman. The fifth horseman. Um, or should you, we say horsewoman? Geez, have, uh, before, before we get into this, have you ever done a four horseman shot? No. Do, do you know what that is? No. It's a shot of... It's, it's a combined shot of... Um, Jack Daniels, Johnny Walker, Jameson, and fuck, what's the other one? Jim Beam. 
all the J's, the four horsemen. That's weird. And all I the all the all like the color based. Yeah, and it's like all the different whiskeys. So, uh, yeah. Because uh, I figured like black, right, would be uh, oh man, uh, like Jägermeister. Oh uh, yeah. Guess you could do that. And then you could do like a white rum for the white horse. Honestly, you know what? Jägermeister starts with a J. Just throw it in there with the others. Now we got a fifth horseman. Yep. Yeah, we got the the five the five horsemen shot. But no, I've never done that. And uh, now that alcohol uh, significantly kicks my ass, even in uh, tiny yeah. quantities, I uh, <laughs> probably won't. <laughs> True. Yeah. I I've done it one time, and it was for my 29th birthday. Oh, so that was what years ago now, right? Oh God. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, I can't believe I just said yeah, Who is apocalypse. it? Who is it? All right. So as we know, do you know the other four writers? Uh, I mean, like... War. Famine. Yeah, uh, disease. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Death. And the fifth one. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> What? <laughs> Who? Phoebe Waller Bridge, dude. Who the fuck is Phoebe Waller Bridge? You know Who how is- there's a new Indiana Jones movie out? Oh, she's Fleabag. Yeah. Oh, she's in the new Indiana Jones. Oh no. So every time she showed up in conjunction with a uh, franchise, that franchise is taken a plummet. Really. Um, so actually, she was initially a well-received figure, right? So she did Fleabag, and Fleabag won a ton of awards, uh, critically lauded. Um, yeah. She went on to uh, produce on a show called Killing Eve. You heard about that one? Nope. Uh, also critically lauded. Um, then she was in Solo... The first and only hard Star Wars flop. She followed that up, uh, writing on the newest James Bond, quote, punching the script up. Some would say just punching the script. Uh, I don't, I haven't heard anyone that was happy with the newest James Bond. Um, yeah. Finally. Indiana Jones 5, shaping up to be one of the biggest flops of all time. And uh, up next, she's making a Tomb Raider show for Amazon. Oh, no. Yep. Huh. What do you think about that? That's uh, that's an interesting one. It, it is interesting because she started in Fleabag, right? Where she has this, like, deeply flawed character who's like wrestling with those aspects of her personality and uh like some traumatic events as well um so like she's a flawed character that like is you she wins you over uh Mm -hmm. but then the roles that she's been given specifically from lucasfilm with like solo and now indiana jones are like these unlikable uh i'm flawed but don't acknowledge my flaws or like for some reason i think that my flaws are my strengths and they're like they're not um i mean even in like good reviews that i've read of indiana jones no one's saying that like they really liked her character yeah or if they do it's like really superficial glossed over real quick um whereas most of my most of most of my boys (laughs) my critics that i go to that have they've all got like different qualms and quirks and i don't agree with them 100 on anything you know like they might think that something's good they might think something's bad and uh if there's enough of them saying that something is like worth watching typically that's when i'll watch something and like 
almost universally across the board. They're like, her character sucks. <laughs> Damn. Um, which sucks because, like, if she is someone who can portray, like, a flawed, charismatic, likable character, you know, it sucks that she's being squandered like this. Yeah. As an actress. Yeah. Uh, no, so I was going to say, I've, I'd, I'd heard good things about Fleabag. Yeah. And I've only heard good things about Fleabag. And from what I've seen of it, because uh, I haven't launched it, like, straight through or anything. I've only seen random shit, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, then. Nothing that I saw when I saw bits of it was like, oh, I hate this. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All so that right. was the fifth rider of the apocalypse. Um, war, famine, disease, death, and uh, franchise destruction. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rogue One. That's a movie. Rogue One. Uh, we're, we're, I guess, the the main event. The main event. Um, the title fight. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of titles, um, we Only we get no scroll. Card. We get no scroll. Oh man, it's so funny that we both wanted to talk about that first. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like uh, the first Star Wars movie with only a title card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. No, I mean the the film feels more like a Star Wars movie than the last three we watched. Oh, for sure. Um, and part it, of that's it, that it leads directly into A New Hope, and so like yeah, they have yeah. to like aesthetically match that, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I I, I appreciate that, and I, I I feel like. I did too, because it like grounds the movie, right? Yeah, it, it feels it feels very familiar. So I think it was like for for me, it was a, a moment where um, they're like in a hangar uh, on um, what is it, Yavin Four, and you see like one of the uh, like rebel, uh, like one of the dudes that what they have like what what's the helmet like the biker looking helmet? You know what I'm talking about? The biker looking helmet? Yeah, like the Are you talking like about the, the BMX helmets that the. Is that is that what it is? No, no. no it's, um, I mean, I always get mad about the fucking BMX helmets that they wear in uh, the sequel trilogy. No, you know what I'm talking about, right? The like, it's like the yeah, these things. Hold on, I'm gonna link it in here. Give me a second. This shit. Oh boy. Oh wait, hold on. Let me just let me just copy the image here. Hold on. I'm gonna just do that instead. You see? You see what I'm talking about? It's too late. I already <laughs> opened it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. I, I feel well, like for what is the context for this. No, I'm okay, just saying, for, like, you for know... our audio listeners, uh, <laughs> Scott has <laughs> he's copy and pasted a picture of like a competitional cycling helmet. Yeah, but that's like the ones they wear. Like, the, the Imperial engineers, the guys like firing the guns and whatnot. No, no, the the rebel, the rebel guys who wear that. It's the exact oh. same thing. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the like the fleet troopers. Uh, the Karelian uh, fleet yeah, troopers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I feel like <laughs> with 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 how Star Wars from like off rip, like the original trilogy, like just repurposed a bunch of shit. I feel like this is literally like this helmet. They just took like a triathlete's like speed biking helmet, and they were like, "Yeah, this is the helmets they're gonna wear." I would not be surprised if that was the truth. <laughs> that's that's what it. That's just what it makes me think of. They just like thumbtacked a visor onto it. <laughs> yeah. What um? What's the BMX helmet you're talking about? The uh, dude. I mean, the fucking um. The resistance fighters. Oh, I know what you're scenes, talking about. They just yeah. straight up have BMX helmets on. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it infuriates me because whenever you're playing like Battlefront Two or something like that, and mm -hmm. for some godforsaken reason you end up having to play as the resistance. You got these stupid fucking BMX helmet wearing <laughs> dumbasses, and you're like, I hate this. Put me on the fucking the <laughs> put me on the fucking state puffed state puffed marshmallow man's team. <laughs> God. Um no, just you know, now, yeah. now I'm thinking like, should we just make like a should we just make a, a sci-fi film using just like random household objects? Yeah. 
You know, just like slap a slap a random fucking paintball mask on and be like, yeah, that's the villain. <laughs> paintball mask. That I mean, there were kids when we did paintball, and I had my white mask that would just call me a stormtrooper, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess whatever all your shit says Empire as well. Uh, yeah. Kind of. They are kind of going for an aesthetic. Um, so, I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I do think that uh, Rogue One is flawed, but it's a generally likable movie. Um, part of that I think is that it introduces uh, some visually interesting elements, like right from the start. Yeah. Get the, uh, I imagine it's like Iceland or somewhere with those black soil and all that um mm -hmm. but you get the ship coming in and then you get the death troopers and it's the first time we've seen like black armored stormtroopers basically yeah uh but they got like big guns and shit and they just look cool like they look cool yeah like the stormtroopers and the sequel trilogy look like marshmallow men whereas like the <laughs> death troopers look like they they fuck you know yeah well and they they keep with the theme like you can you look at them and you're like yeah this is it, it is a stormtrooper it's a variant of stormtrooper yeah like it's, it doesn't like yeah 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 and then like later on on scarif you get the the uh shore troopers and i think they look cool too i mean i've had to paint fucking 14 of them you know i hope they look cool <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like they they do a lot of visually interesting stuff in this one, and they all it's all grounded though. Like it's nothing like outrageous. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Generally, the dialogue feels grounded, feels real, takes itself and the story seriously. Um when it does try to put humor in i feel like typically it works because mm -hmm. it's not like you're the spy you're the spy i'm the yeah. spy you know it's no it's not usually everyone's it, saying the same thing over and yeah over again. i feel like i feel like a lot of it was um like snide comments by k2 or like interaction with k2 or something like that yeah. Um, like using the droid as like, which is which is it goes back to like original like like C three PO and R two D two like the, the interactions with them were a lot of the yeah. comic relief. Like it goes back to like the droids are just funny. Like yeah, like use in them. Empire Strikes Back. They're like Chewbacca's putting C three PO back together, and he's like, "You put my head on backwards, you <laughs> like that kind of crap, you know." And it feels like that. It feels like droid humor, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like he's just a character who has to be portrayed by this CGI droid, right? It feels like he is a droid, part of the world, and this is his sense of humor. Yeah. Um. I mean, it does yeah. have some hang-ups. You get, like, Darth Vader's dad joke. Uh, be careful not to choke on your aspirations. Uh. But, like, I don't know. Nothing, nothing. I feel like is overwhelmingly bad about this movie. Yeah. No. Um. I think I just I very much enjoy it overall. I think it's a, it's got a great. I think it's as far as the story goes, it's written well. Like it it has a a good coherent story. It does jump around, kind of like we were talking about with <clears throat> the Rise of Skywalker, but it feels. Like they're jumping, like like the reason they're jumping to different planets has more meaning. Like it's it's meaningful. It's not yeah. just like hey, let's just chuck a bunch of different fucking like like a bunch of different scenery at you. Like it's it's like hey, like we've got different places to be for a reason. Um, you know, and then on top of that, like having a good solid you know main character with a, a I think a decent story. Um. Who also only shit happens to be a female, like I, you know they they push this whole forces female thing. That's just like I, I I don't know. Like if you just if you write if you just write 
a good you just story. Write a good character. It doesn't yeah. matter what the gender of the character is. No, exactly. Like she is yeah. just a a a very well written character. Like like I don't know. And, and on top of that, like just well, she's like a little bit blank, but mm-hmm. she, you know what her motivation is, right? Like it's to exactly. go find when she finds out her dad is alive. Her motivation becomes to go find her dad, and that's mm-hmm. like rooted in her character. Like from a very young age. She lost her family. She was raised uh, in a very like Spartan sort of situation where it's like you're defined by conflict and uh, like the potential to regain her family would of course be like a very alluring sort of thing. So like it makes sense why she goes on this journey. Yeah. No, just, um, uh, I don't know. Like, I think her dialogue's written well too. At least for the for the most part, there's nothing like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, again, I think part of that is moving away from using the actual like our actual main character dialogue as comedic relief to just like. Yeah. Well, the screenplay was by Chris White's and Tony Gilroy, and Tony Gilroy's the one that is doing Andor now. Ah, um, uh, well, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a good writer. Um, yeah. Just goes to show you that, like, having a good writer and, like, letting them do what they want to do is, like, why why is that such an issue nowadays? Yeah. Um, what's interesting, too, is that Force Awakens came out, then this came out. Uh, Force Awakens made, like, $2 billion. This made, like, a uh, fucking billion or so. Um, yeah, one point oh five eight billion dollars. Um, yeah. yeah, looking at the the Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, it, it was a pretty even consensus. Critics gave it an eighty four, audience gave it an eighty seven. Yeah. Um, Directed but no, by I mean, Gareth Edwards as well. On top of that, we get a nice little cameo, which doesn't it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel super forced. We get Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So I mean, a nice little they they, they drop him in yeah, there. I mean, we get a number. Of- uh, like fan service type yeah, character we, we, cameos. We get, we get um, the two dudes that Kenobi lays out in the canteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say we we do see um see those two bumping into uh uh Jin in uh yeah whatever the the planet's called and then um R two uh, and C three PO on the Oven Four. Yeah, at the end we definitely get the but like it makes sense for them to be there, right? The seamless, yeah. Like the one that doesn't really make sense is the uh, the two dudes in the that Kenobi lays out in the cantina being on yeah. like wherever you know. Oh yeah, that, that was that was a little weird. So that's what I was like. Maybe it's just a throwback, and it's like two dudes who look similar. And I was like, or maybe it is ex- the exact same two dudes, just like because on it looks this other like planet. the same two dudes. You know? No, it, it it definitely does. And I was just like, maybe they're just like doing a callback to like hey there's this other identical duo who just like wanders around another desolate planet like yeah or or, or maybe they're just doing a tour of desert planets and they're just like hey let's let's hop around and see some sand <laughs> a tour of desert planets they're, they're going cantina yeah. hopping going going desert planet cantina hopping yeah uh oh. we get tarkin in there at one point right I yeah, so this was the first movie where they brought back the dead to play um, characters. Yeah, I was gonna say because Tarkin, they have the um, <laughs> the the one lady, right? The the one uh, rebel rebel leader. No, that's played by the same lady that's playing her in. Uh, Is it really? Andor. Yeah. Ah. Hmm. And uh, you've got uh, a de-aged deep fakes or whatever you want to call it uh princess leia yeah yeah do you remember that right at the end there yeah <clears throat> but yeah no definitely definitely a solid solid movie you know 100 percent rewatchable uh yeah, yeah. i agree uh, i unlike, mean like i think the previous it says one. a lot that i have i have rewatched this one a few times since it came out yeah um whenever i was trying to think about like what army or whatever do i want to do for legion i remember watching this and being like you know what i think i will get some short troopers um mm-hmm. what was i gonna say oh yeah 
James Earl Jones. Um, man, you really hear his age in this one when he's voicing those Vader lines. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Which is, like, that happened, and then in the Kenobi show, people were saying that um, they had started to use AI. to. It was, like, AI-assisted for Darth Vader's voice in the Kenobi show. So, whenever you hear this, it kind of makes sense, because you're like, yeah, it does sound like he's starting to lose it. Yeah. Damn. That's uh, rough. My note after that was the rebels aren't wearing BMX helmets. Big plus for the film. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're you just you got them you got them wearing speed biker helmets. Yeah. Well, uh, whenever they're fighting on Scarif, they've all got like, uh, what would you say? Um, almost like Vietnam style, like steel helm steel helmet uh you know what i'm trying to say no those like military like the the round almost like bowl type helm helmets that we had in like vietnam oh yeah yeah, yeah. i do know what you're talking about they yeah. look like a bunch of fucking marines in vietnam <laughs> but like star wars which i think looks cool yeah uh, then this was just like a kind of uh, the AT-AT reveal on Scarif was sick because it like emerges from the smoke and uh, this movie being directed by Gareth Edwards who also has done the newer like Godzilla stuff uh, mm -hmm. or at least Godzilla 2014 I don't know if he did the other ones or not um, it's got that aspect of like a monster emerging from the the unknown, you know. You yeah. Got these ATATs coming and just start like fucking shit up. Yeah. Um, I did note that not a ton of aliens in the movie, but I enjoyed them when they showed up. Like mm -hmm. all of almost all the dudes who initially go with them to Scarif are human, except for one dude who. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched this. But there was a show on, like, I want to say, like, Nickelodeon, maybe, back in the day, called Butt Ugly Martians. Oh, I, nope, I do remember that. I, I've watched that before. I, <laughs> I wrote, I that. there's the Butt Ugly Martian on Scarif, and then the Gun Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I like the Gun Monkey so much, but the fucking, like, <laughs> it's just fucking fun, you know? When they showed up, they were fun. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, I also thought that this movie is the only movie of the Disney Star Wars movies that was like, a, or even shows at this point, of a good depiction of the Force. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, Chirrut, I believe. Mm -hmm. Right? Chirrut's the thinner one? I think so. What the heck is his name? Uh, yep, Chirrut. Yeah, so cheer it with his uh, I'm one with the force and the force is with yeah. me or whatever. Yep. Um, that idea of like yin and yang and like completion, you know, a holistic view of the force is like exactly what I think the force is supposed to be. Um, yeah, definitely. So like when he kind of like gives himself over to it and uh, God, man, I just there's so many scenes in this that I think are like, cause we'll, we'll talk about, I'll end up bringing this up with solo, but like there are scenes in this that are very cool. Um, and I feel like in this movie, a lot of those like cool scenes are like the payoff for like a lot of the setup. So, uh, mm. cheer it. We've seen him like doing these sorts of things and then like it culminates in his like final scene you know and like his, yeah. his final words to uh Bays, his his amigo right yeah yeah that's Baze, um yeah. so it feels earned and feels good whereas like there are scenes in solo that are cool 
but then the rest of the movie fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. So you'd be like, oh, here's one cool fight. Rest of the movie sucks. How we got to the fight sucks. Everything after the fight sucks. Uh, introduction of this character. Very cool scene. Everything leading up to it kind of sucked. Everything after it kind of sucks. Um, oh, man. I, I, I Have you seen Solo before? I have, but it's like a fever dream to me. Okay. Yeah, There's I'm like a, wondering what I'm going to think of it rewatching it. it I've, I've seen it once. Um, I think it was when I was like... So, so I'm I'm pretty sure I had seen Rise of Skywalker a second time, either that or I skipped it because I did do a um, instead of a cinematic release walkthrough, I uh, or, or watch through, I did a um, like a, a timeline mm -hmm. uh, watch through where I started like Phantom Menace and worked my way up based off of like how events occurred on the timeline. Yeah. Um, and I do remember watching Solo, but I I that movie is so fucking forgettable. Uh, it, it's gotta be because like I just I can't remember all that much that happened in it. I mean, when you hear about all the issues with production on it, it's not really surprising. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what I think about that. I did make a note that I like all these characters. Yes, they're they're very well done. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think cast, sure. casting casting was good. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, like you got Mads Mikkelsen. Um, Right off the bat, I mean, Forrest Whitaker as Sagarera. Yeah. So even uh, Felicity Jones as Jen, I think, is pretty. Oh good. yeah, I think I think she's a great, great actress. Diego Luna, I feel I want to like him more than I do, but every mm -hmm. time I look at him, I just see like a little mouse. <laughs> he just looks like a little mouse to me. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Alan Tudyk is K2SO, also very good. Yeah. Um, God, he's great in, uh, not Serenity. I can't remember the name of the show. Serenity was the movie. Captain Malcolm. What the fuck was the name of that show? Uh, wait, what are you talking about? Firefly? Firefly. Yeah. He's great in Firefly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's even Steve Bloom in his obligatory uh, cameo. He was with a short trooper. With, with the cult following around Firefly, how is it that none of these streaming services has, like, resurrected it? What do you mean? Like, done a... Like, like, just brought it back. Oh, uh, because it's, um, what's-his-name directed it? Um, I have no idea who directed it. Yeah. Oh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Yeah, it's Joss Whedon, so no one's gonna touch it. Ah, uh, fair. And I think he owns, like, I think he has the rights to it. Yeah. Um, or at least some say in how the rights are used. I could be wrong about that. I don't think I am, but could be wrong. Anyway, Steve Bloom and his obligatory cameo. He was a shore trooper here. Uh, he will also show up in a cameo role in Solo, where he plays a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve Bloom, for those who don't know, is a very famous voice actor. Uh, he's done everything from like Wolverine to... If you've ever played a Star Wars game and there was voiced stormtroopers, he, he's probably the stormtroopers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's it though for Rogue. That's all I have for my Rogue One notes. Yeah, no, I uh, just a good movie. In this watch through, it. since we did the, this has been the first one I've enjoyed since. Um, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, the last three are just like, meh. What are like we doing? Force Awakens, I was real neutral on for like all of it. And I just kept thinking to myself like, oh man, they could have done so much with this. And then we watched The Last Jedi and immediately just like morale 
Yeah. Morale for the watch through plummeted. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean we have our we have our final movie here with uh with solo. We do. Next Wait. week will be solo. That's so wild to me that you're you're really gonna tell me that the last Star Wars movie was fucking solo. What year was that? No, it wasn't the last. It came out after uh the last Jedi. Oh, that's right, that's right. The last Jedi was the last one. Uh a lot of people blame so it's that? it's like a domino kind of thing where people are like <laughs> the reason solo got worked over so hard was because of how yeah. people received uh the last jedi mm, um true. so it had a bunch of like people blame a lot of the, like R- rise of skywalker was the yeah R- rise of skywalker that's what we're talking about that was the last one yes that was the last one but yeah, yeah, yeah. Solo came out in between The Last Jedi and Rise, and, of, Skywalker. And Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah So yeah. people blame uh, the reception to The Last Jedi for why Solo got uh, so much, like, studio interference. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you remember right, they, like, they kicked out the director. Uh, they got, like, people to rework the script. They, they were doing, like, everything they could on yeah. this fucking thing. Um, yeah. Which, when you see the final product, you're like, how did they think this was a good idea? Um, <laughs> but then it it fully flopped. Like, it actually flopped. Yeah. And then people blame it flopping on why there was so much studio interference and so many like re-decisions made you know remaking certain decisions for uh rise of skywalker yeah um which ended yeah basically up basically they've back. they've become their own worst enemy ever since fucking i mean they've been certainly yeah, standing in their own way the last jedi but um, no i mean that's that's still i mean what we're we're four years four it's been four years since the last the last movie yeah, it's been 40 years since the last movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they should just take they should just take another 16 year break like they did between Return of the Jedi and uh The Phantom Menace. Dude, oh my now d- there are articles coming out now that are like Kathleen Kennedy is saving Star Wars by fighting back against the Disney executives that are pushing for yearly Star Wars movie releases. Bro. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's the one who has the final say on every decision for Star Wars. She's how we got to this point. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. And then I also like how she was like, oh, we need to re-eventize Star Wars again. And then we get the freaking release schedule for the movies, and it's like two years in 2026. Or, sorry, two movies are supposed to come out in, like, 2026. Yeah, I don't even remember. I had the fucking schedule written down somewhere because I remember being like, what the fuck happened to like eventizing Star Wars and yeah. putting a gap in the freaking uh, releases for this shit? Dude, there right. it is. Uh, Untitled Star Wars, December 2026. Uh, another one in May 2026. And then another one, December 2027. Yeah. Those are just the Star Wars movies. I'm just. So in two years they're gonna put out three Star Wars movies. Yeah. Within two years. Three years from now, there will be a two-year window where they put out three Star Wars movies. There we go. <laughs> My thing is that's fine if you make good fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. They're bringing back Ray exactly. Yeah. To bring back the Jedi Order, and then they're making no. James Mangold is gonna make a Rise of the Kill Jedi. Kill Ray. Movie. Kill Ray. Bring back. Bring back Ben. Dude, if they don't make Ray a failed old lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just start the cycle over. Let's just start start the cycle over. We have a new we have a new savior of the universe. There's a new empire, and now Ray's an old lady who's like a hermit on an island and she just like Yeah. Force ghost she, she force ghosts herself out of existence. There's a new Empress Palpatina. And she's the distant cousin of Ray Palpatine. Ray's lost sister. Yeah, her lost sister. She's a twin. 
and yeah, she's it, blonde and she's taller than her watch watch that's the the new villain is going to be it's going to be like ray had a long lost sibling and that's the new villain of the new trilogy is a new seceding emperor yeah with Indiana Jones not doing great, I really wonder if James Mangold is actually going to get to make that movie that they announce. Because mm. yeah. almost everyone else, it was like they made something, then they tried to rush to get to Star Wars, and their last project got did fucking bad. And oh, you're, ta- uh, you're talking about like you're, ta- you're talking about like uh, I'm uh, talking about the Game of Thrones guys. Game of Thrones. I'm Who's talking about uh, Abby Jenkins. Uh, the, uh, I'm talking about. Uh, Benny, uh, it's is Game of Thrones that Benioff, Benioff and, Weiss? and Weiss? Yeah. My my thing is looking back at it now, it's like yeah they rushed Game of Thrones and that shit sucked because they rushed it, and it's like, oh, would we have been better off if they had kept if they had gotten to keep their deal and do their own trilogy of Star Wars movies? No, I don't know. dude, they fucking suck. They are bad writers. You know that that is fair. They, they the only that they've done originally, and it's bad. Yeah. The only times that they have been received as good writers is when they're adapting other people's work. I, I was just gonna say that. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, the only time that Game of Thrones was good is when they were actually adapting George R. R. Martin's books. Like, they're the guys that did the fucking X Men Origins Wolverine movie. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even realize that. That's so shit. <laughs> yes, yes. That movie was so trash. It's the fucking worst one, man. God. It was so bad, it almost sank, uh... What's his name's career? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is it? Uh, you're talking about Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And then he got God. to become the new Deadpool. The, 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 the not weirdly done Deadpool. Yeah, not the poorly done Deadpool. Which, whenever you hear how much he enjoys the character and loves the character, and then how he um, has done so much writing for those movies, and the fact that the movies have all been made on pretty small budgets, and then really brought the money in, um, surprising. Yeah. Oh, that was something else, because whenever I was uh, writing up, like, points or whatever, whenever I was talking about... uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge being in Solo, the first and only hard Star Wars flop. I was like, wait a second. There was also the Clone Wars. How did that one do? Do you remember in 2008, whenever the animated Clone Wars came out in theaters? No. Yeah, so they made it on a budget of $8.5 million. How much money do you think it made in theaters? A million. (laughs) $68 million. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the difference between like a small budget production and a large budget production, right? So like the Clone Wars was not well received. No. People were like, what is this shit? What the fuck? I don't want to watch a CGI Star Wars. I already had to watch that with the prequels. Yeah. Um, now you just you've gotten rid of the actors too. So like what the fuck? Like that's all I remember about like when it came out. I know I didn't see it in theaters, and I'm a big Star Wars guy. Uh, I'm yeah, like I didn't six even know foot they... four inches of Star Wars guy. Oh, um, I didn't even know they. I didn't even know they dropped it into theaters. Yeah. Well, what's funny about it is that it's essentially just three episodes of the Clone Wars TV show that they eventually started making after that. Yeah. Like they had already been making it, and Filoni was like head of that. And uh, it was still, George was involved, um, but Filoni was like the guy doing all the work and George would just come in with stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and George was like, well, why don't we put something together and we'll just like put this out in theaters. And so what they did was they basically just put three episodes together because the episodes for the show are about 30 minutes long, you know? Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, we'll get something about 90 minutes out of this. They put that out. And they ended up making, what, eight times their budget almost on it? Yeah. Damn, yeah. Um, And whenever you think about, like, just budgets, like, if you can make a movie for $10 million and you get $60 million back, 
even if you did the amount, the same amount of uh, pre- like press and whatnot budget as your production budget, you're still very, very deep, almost like three times over mm-hmm. in in the black. Like you're yeah. good. Yep. So I don't know. Like uh, Lucasfilm needs some needs something because they're killing off every one of their IPs, and I don't know how they can keep going at this rate. Oh yeah, it's it's become hot garbage. Mm. All right. Well, that's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I have anything else. Alrighty. In that case, uh, if you listen to this point, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, we have music. I don't know if y'all have heard the music, <laughs> but we've got music again. We do. Um, we, have, we have background music. Uh, thanks to Carl Casey. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Look him up. He's great. <clears throat> yep. Uh make sure to subscribe to our patreon if you do you a real one we'll shout you out if you do for real we'll read the names like <laughs> everyone else does shut up <laughs> perfect timing um yeah thanks for th- thanking you're the you're the good ones <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Good night. I love you. But I left the call. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Did did it stop recording? (laughs) No. (laughs) Gotta go click the button, make it stop recording. I'm gonna leave all this in. Do it. (laughs) Fucking do it. Goodbye. I'll find the button eventually. You just gotta scroll up a little bit.